Now, my next guests are dedicated to mentoring. Uh, they're two South Africans who've dedicated their lives to mentoring in the hope of creating a brighter future for our country's youth. Michael Tsepo Tsabane was born and raised in a small uh, South African village and has long been committed to uplifting uh, the community that he comes from to make sure that the kids and youth uh, from his neck of the woods aren't excluded uh, in the activities uh, that uh, he says are responsible for uh, shaping the global economy. Also joining us, I'm delighted to say on the line tonight, is Bridget Moema, who's passionate about young people and uh, wants to equip them uh, to uh, become the best people, essentially, that they can be. And Bridget's an author, a professional coach uh, and a transformational speaker, but in her own words, is also um, a, a an agent of change. Welcome, both of you. Michael, I'm going to start with you, if I may. Great to have you on the show, and thank you so much for joining us tonight. Oh, thank you so much, Sarah, for getting me. Like, finally, my dream come true. Like, I only hear your voice, you know, uh, on radio, but I never thought I would Oh, well, here we are. And it's, it really is great to, great to have you on. Where did your spirit of, of mentoring come from? And I, I love that you, on your uh, website you uh, use the, the tagline Ambassador of Hope. I mean, that's just, that's wonderful. Where did this, where was this instilled in you? So, uh, so, so, so the Ambassador of Hope, it comes from my name. My name is Tepo. Tepo is a strong name for hope. So then, uh, so then what happened is that when, uh, like when my grandmother died, she said she was pregnant, and then my mother was not pregnant at that time. But after she died a week later, my mother found out that she was pregnant. And then my grandmother told them that she's pregnant with a baby boy by the name of Pebble, meaning Hope. And then, uh, so then from then onwards, I thought maybe there, like, there was some prophet, there was some prophetic, you know, uh, 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 saying there, so that, uh, so that there is, there is a certain responsibility that my name came up with. Uh, so, that's for starters, but the passion for uplifting people and uh, and so on and so forth, it came from simply the fact that I myself, being a village boy, I was saved or I was saved by a stranger who thought that my life meant something. And then before I met the stranger, I was just living a normal life, uh, and then I didn't see anything beyond my village. But this guy uh, helped me to get to the University of Victoria for free at that time. And then uh for the next result and I managed to to achieve what I achieved and so to develop it today and then and then I thought no, I have to do this, pay this forward and then and then be that person to as many people as I could reach out to. And you've done an incredible amount. I mean, you really have. You've set up a mentorship program, um, which we will talk about uh, in just a moment. But what for you, what is the, what is the payback for you in terms of, of mentoring? What do you get out of it? So, um, so a lot of things. Uh, uh, but basically what I get from mentoring is that I myself, I grow as well. Um, and I'll give you a simple example. When before I started my mentorship program, I didn't have the, the push to grow to the person that I am today. But as you are mentoring people, you meet people who are facing challenges that you never thought keep could face. And then as a result, then you go out of your way to find help for them. And you find help in places where you never thought you could be at, simply in the name of trying to give back to the people who are looking for help from you. Mm. So, so the number one benefit is that I am growing as well. So I... I, I I get to expand my world and I get to expand my territory as well as a person. Uh, that's, that's the number one benefit that I can, uh, I can come up with. And then the number two benefit is that I believe that all of us in the world have the social responsibility to 
make uh, our spaces, the safest spaces for people that we love. I'm a, I'm a father. Uh, I'm a father of a boy child as well. So mm. I wouldn't I wouldn't want my child to be in a place whereby he has to look over his back wherever he uh, wherever he walks. So then I I believe that I have the responsibility, the social responsibility, to you know to 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 mold the specific world uh, for my son as well. When did you set up um, the the program and and uh, the Ambassador of Hope brand? When did you set that up? And tell us about some of the projects that you've been involved in. I know that Bridget will also uh, we can uh, we can welcome Bridget in in just a second to talk about how you two uh, met and uh, and the work that you've been doing together. Yes, so the Ambassador of Hope brand started um, about five years ago, uh, but before then, I was I was still mentoring mentoring kids from my school. Because I started this when I was still at basketball, where I would go to my school and then help uh, the kids there with mathematics and physical science, help them to get to university, help them to, to get bursaries because they couldn't get the information since they are in the village. They, democratically, they are places where they cannot actually access uh, certain information. Uh, so then, but later on, then I thought I should actually standardize or come up with a program and make this thing more formal. And then that's when I, I came up with the, with the, with the brand and the book. It was like five years ago, but that was just to scale and standardize the, 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 the very impact that I was making already. And so that's about five years ago. And then the project that I've been working on, yeah, I, I, I was doing like a school tours. Uh, so I'll go to different schools to offer motivational speaking, number one, number two, and to also have a closer relationship with the kids who are, who are struggling. So I even went as far as uh, asking the teachers to give me a group of kids who are not passing at all, so that we can, so that I can work with them and find proper help. To a point whereby I got uh, people who are like psychologists, people who are, who who have uh, select, like the technical competencies to address certain issues that are affecting kids. Uh, and then after that, then there were other projects whereby we formed an organization for uh, mentoring young boys, which was called One Man Movement, of which the program that I'm no longer uh, working on uh, uh, as I was because uh, the people who are taking care of it are more equipped and then uh, are more equipped to, to take care of it because my job as a mentor is to offer that guidance and then to get people on their feet so that they can run with their mission uh, without my intervention. Unless when they need my help, then they, they will raise their hand. And I'll go help them. Uh, that's one of the projects. And then uh, the other project that I've been working on as well is the mentorship program for individuals where I took only 10 people because of capacity. I didn't want to take many people because uh, I really wanted to make an impact. And normally you'll find out that when you want to make an impact, you can only make it when you go deeper. And it's difficult to go deeper with a lot of people. For sure. You go deeper with, exactly with a few people. And then the other one, the last project that, that I'm working on now, is that of mentoring organizations, and then that and that led me to people like Bridget, because of a mentoring organizations, completely uh, mentor organizations, you are actually scaling impact. Uh, because one of the most important thing is that when you when you mentor or uplift people who are already uplifting multitudes, the the impact becomes more exponential 
than, than it would have been if you were mentoring just one person. Mm. Bridget, if I can uh, welcome you to the show at uh, at this point. It's great to have you on. Thanks so much uh, for joining us. Uh, won't you start by just telling us uh, about uh, about a little bit about yourself and about uh, your own uh, your own um, being a mentor, uh, what you get out of it, uh, and how you got into it also. Thank you so much for having us. Such a pleasure. Uh, yes, it's Bridget Muyama. Um, born and raised in the dusty past of Ramotsi in Hamanskral. Um, yes, I was, I was raised in Hamanskral in a very rural area. Um, where did it start? Uh, it started with a copy of my book um, called Being Refined, The Seed of Hope. Mm. So basically in my book, it's after I faced challenges after matric. Um, I had a gap year. And at the age of 18. So at that age, I became a factory worker. And later on, I became a domestic worker. And after that, when some doors were open for me to go to varsity, I realized that I do not want to fail a child in my community and portray Mm. the journey as being easy. Mm. But I need to be honest with the child in my community to say, Yes, there are challenges. There are financial challenges that you might come across from where you come from, but that doesn't define who you become. So after writing the book, many young people uh, came into my space, and that's where many things were birthed in terms of what I'm doing in terms of young people. It's, I mean, yours is an incredible story, and I'm guessing that when you are interacting with young people, they must really look up and, and be inspired by that. I mean, it's a story that one can't help but be in, inspired by. Yes, but I only didn't want just for them to be inspired, but I wanted them to make act, to take action, mm. you know, uh, because we often talk, but we don't act. Mm. So many of these young people that came into my space, um, some of them were in need of uh, registration fee, for example. And I often said, there is not much help that I can give these young people. But what I do, I refer them to people that can help them. So I cannot take glory and say I'm helping these young people. But what I'm doing is to refer them to the right people. What I'm doing is to equip them, you know, to to stand on their own, you know, because I don't want them to also rely on people, but I want them to understand what they have inside, the potential that they have inside. So, yeah, that's that's what I'm doing. <laughs> tell us tell us how the NPO came about, which is called, uh, and from the book, uh, The Seed of Hope. Yes, as I said, um, after being encountered with a lot of young people, um, that's when I realized that um, there is a need in our communities. And I started an NGO, um, the name coming from the book. And in this NGO, what we do is we host a lot of seminars. Uh, we look at ladies' seminars. We look at um, young men's seminars, which was launched this year, young men's seminar, because we've been having ladies' seminars. Uh, with the young men, I mentored about three of them. I started with three of them. And as I journeyed with them, they started to explain and open up to me about uh, the financial challenges they go through, academic challenges, um, social challenges, spiritual challenges, you know. And that's when the needs became, um, their voice became even more louder into my space. And that's when I realized that there is a need and we must respond to it. 
and that's when we cre- we uh, started to launch the first annual gentleman seminar. Um, with the ladies seminar, we do have ladies seminar twice a year, uh, where they also come and meet and you know their talks. We have speakers that come and speak to um, our sisters as well, and we also have a school shoot drive. Uh, each and every year, once a year, where we have a seminar and the entrance is uh, school shoes. So when people come to our seminar, they bring school shoes as an entrance. And what we do is we go in our community, we identify a school where there is a need, and after the seminar, we take the school shoes to that particular school. Um, once a year, we also do, um, we go to one charity home. If not a uh, charity home, we also go to an old age home. So that's what we're doing, which is all about impacting lives and adding hope into mm. people's lives. Incredible work. Uh, Michael, I want to come back to you, if I may. What yes. way do you want to get involved uh, with uh, with Bridget's organisation? Yeah, so um, so Bridget and I when, like, we do not come from uh, from each other demographically. Mm. Uh, and then we are, we, are, we are in each other's spaces. Uh, so there's a mentee of mine that is more of... Uh, but the name of Tuga, Mafoko, so who is like a little brother to me, I've been mentoring him. And then he is part of uh, Bridget's organization. And then and then through him, I met Bridget. And then their organization, uh, you know, uh, being an organization that uh, uh, that correlates with what I do. Uh, so then I, I then became part of their sentiment uh, seminar. Well, simply because I... Uh, I founded a gentleman's uh, organization myself. Mm. So then they wanted me to come to the gentleman's seminar to, to be there with them for that three days so that I can mentor and then have a workshop with the boys. Uh, that was the interaction. And then, and then further on is that uh, I'm working closely with the organization to ensure that we help each other to build organizations to increase their reach, make sure their impact is as colorful as possible. You've recently come back from the uh, gentlemen's camp or the boys' camp. Tell us a little bit about that and, and how that went, and and tell us about some of the young people that took part. Yes, you are. So the, the gentlemen's seminar was very was very interesting. Uh, uh, we had we had couple of couple of things that we were doing in the in the seminar. One that since it was a like it was a Christian setting, so the the, the format of the seminar was that like was that following prayer, morning prayers, having uh, late night devotions as well as part of the seminar. Mm. Uh, and then number two it is that they had activities that they were do, doing during the day, like physical activity, like, you know, like the warrior race kind of activity. Uh, and, then, uh, and then after that, then we had, uh, like the most, my favorite one was the bonfire one, where we were sitting in a circle, like we had a bonfire and then we were talking to the boys and we were just throwing questions at them and then they were throwing the question, uh, like, and then they were answering, and then some of them uh, asking questions as well. And then the boys we had that they were their age were ranging from 18 till 23. Uh, uh, so that was the age range. And and then all of them they come from different backgrounds. Some of them they have very beautiful stories to say about both their parents, their mothers, and their fathers. And unfortunately, most of them they have, uh, you know disheartening experiences when mm-hmm. it comes to uh, like the parenting that they receive from mm-hmm. home. Mm-hmm. So then as a result, then we had to interject, you know, uh, because 
if you realize, if you, if you check, the, like there has been a lot of research done on on on, on teenagers and kids, and then they will tell you that every child who winds up doing well in life, they had at least one stable and committed relationship with a supportive other. Yeah. And and then if and if we as adults do not come and intervene, uh, so this kid might become statistic because every child is just one bad decision away from being a statistic. And then again, uh, every child is one killing adult away from being a story. So we, we try by all the means to make sure that we enter into their spaces, we become part of what, uh, and be, be part of whatever that they are going through so that we can let them know that it's okay to go through whatever they're going through and then we then we try to interject and then come with solutions but because they have different problems. And then those who have problems that we can sort out, we sort out carrying them. Those whom we cannot we do not have the expertise to help them, we make sure that we seek help elsewhere where uh, where they can be problems. Bridget, if I can just go back to you before we before we end off, and I do want to make sure that both of you have time uh, to give your contact details in case anybody would like sure. to get in touch. Um, you deal with or have a, a great deal of interaction with the young people in this country, and often I think young people get a bit yeah. of a bad rap. Um, how positive mm. are you about the future of the young people in this country, bearing in mind uh, I'm imagining that you are meeting some truly uh, incredible young people in the work that you do? Uh, can you repeat the question? I'm sorry for that. Yeah, how I was just wanting to know. Obviously, young people often get a bit of a bad rap in in South Africa, and um, and things. You know, we we think about youth unemployment, but you obviously have a great deal of interaction with young people and the future of our country. Should we be feeling positive? Uh, you're surrounding yourself by these young people. Should we be feeling positive uh, about the youth and the future of South Africa with these young people taking us into the future? I am so positive. Um, I'm so positive. You know, I often, there's a say that says, if you don't take care of the future, you do not take care of tomorrow. So what I mean is there's so much potential among our young people. The only thing that young people need is just to be aware of who they are and what they have inside. And, you know, I see a lot of young people that, you know, beyond the challenges or the, the things they find themselves in, but yet they still have courage to keep on and to keep on pushing and looking in different doors. So I do have hope for our young people, and I believe that the future of South Africa, it's, it's very bright when it comes to our young people. All we need to do is just to make them aware of who they are and what they have. And once they are, we unleash that, will never stop them. Mm. If people want to get in touch with you uh, or with the Seed of Hope, how can they do that, Bridget? Uh, on Facebook, I'm Wema Bridget. And uh, we have a page called Being Refined, the Seed of Hope. Being Refined, the Seed of Hope. Wonderful. And on Yes, they yes. can inbox me on Facebook. Okay, fantastic. And Michael, uh, I know that you've got uh, a website. If you would give the details for that, please. Yes, uh, my website is www.mtabani.com and then all my Twitter handles my Facebook will be found again they are on the website Okay, fantastic it has been such a privilege to have you both on uh, and fascinating and uh, such commendable work that you're doing and, and thank you thank and you. Uh, yeah, it really has been such a treat to have you both on and we wish you all the very best for 2019 and the years ahead in your mentoring Thank you so much Thank you so much, Sarah All the best to the show and everything mm-hmm.